0: Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia.
1: I told my wife, I said, you're speaking with me uh, today, and I believe that when you are going into the next phase, oh my goodness, Mm. the next phase of your life, God will say, son or daughter, you need to get some help to go into the next phase, and I believe that the pandemic has simplified us. The pandemic has reset some of us and has given us an opportunity, whether it's on our relationships, whether it's in the workplace, even in the house of God, it's enabled us uh, to reset and focus on what's really important, and so having my Uh, the apple of my eye here uh, this morning uh, with me is extremely significant. So we want to um, lay some foundation uh, as it relates to uh, hope. And we live in a um, we live in a world that is hopeless. We live in a world that People are they're searching for answers, and the stuff that they are doing is indicative that they are living without hope. If you saw this week the Facebook testimony, uh, the, the person who was testifying, she said that Instagram is leaving our young people in a place where not only are they filled with anxiety but it's leaving them in a place where many of them are depressed because they're constantly comparing themselves to other people. And so every time they scroll and they scroll and they scroll, what's communicated to them is what they don't have. And so we are in, we are in some, some, some volatile times and hopelessness when we see uh, people who in the city of Philadelphia where we look, we're looking at about 430 murders already in uh, October. And so people need hope. And so that's why as a church, we are partnering with uh, a church in Audubon called Victory, Victory Church where we are going to, we're sponsoring a day of hope where individuals will have an opportunity on that day to create and lead hope projects right in your community. Wherever you might be, we're saying, take authority. Take liberty to establish a sense of hope in your community. Now, before, I, before we lay more of that foundation, I want to turn you to a scripture in Romans 15, verse 13, because I want this to... Uh, to lay some foundation for you. Um, Romans 15, verse 13. It says, Now may the God of hope, very interesting, that God is a God of hope. Mm -hmm. May the God of hope fill you mm, with all joy and peace in believing so that you, I love this word, so that you may abound or overflow in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, hope means expectation. Hope means trust. Hope means confidence. So what, what, what this means is that when you, uh, let me see, if I give my wife flowers and I say uh, hey, honey, here's some flowers for you. the The act of me giving her flowers raises her expectation for the relationship. Uh, let me let me say this. If I am uh, spending time as a father with my children, that act of spending time with my children, raises their expectation in terms of what they should expect from not only a husband, but not only what they should expect from a father. So what what I'm saying here is that an act, a act can raise uh, somebody's level of hope. I remember uh, Bishop, I was uh, uh, probably 19 years old, he took me up on the top of the balcony and he said, what do you see for your life? That act of him having a conversation with me as a teenager created, oh, somebody talk to me, that his act of having a conversation with me created a sense of expectation in me. So a conversation, oh my God, can create a sense Mm -hmm. of hope. I told Sam this morning, I said, Sam, my son uh, was a a little disappointed about some, some things in terms of athletics. And I said, can you have a conversation with him because you know the impact of how an injury has on your psyche as an athlete? He said, I got you. I'm gonna make that text, I'm gonna make that call today. So hope, talk to me here. Hope is about expectation. Hope is about trust. Hope is about confidence. And so when you see people who are hopeless, there's no expectation. In other words, there's no what's next. See, when you're full of hope, you're like, you know, just like I gave Janine those flowers, or just like I took her on a date, she's like, what's next? She took me to Antigua a couple weeks ago, and I was like, oh my God, I had more hope for the relationship She spent her money on me and I said, what's next? Somebody put in the chat, what's next? (laughs) That's what hope does to you. That's why when you take the right acts in relationships, you can restore God. You can restore hope. You can restore expectation. You can restore trust. Now, I want you to see something in this scripture. He says that you might abound in hope by the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm going to go slow right here, so I want you to know this. Since you were created in his likeness, in his image, now let me say this. God is love. God is grace. God is mercy. God is truth. But God also is hope. God help me. So because you are created in his image, you are in his likeness. That means that you have his nature. You are, help me here, you are as he is. Mm-hmm. So, so, so in your environment, you are hope. God. No, 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 no. You don't have to become hope. You are it. That's why God is constantly pushing us and challenging us to, 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 to do something because He's saying, uh, Minister Joanne, you're hope. Uh, I'm the God of hope. You're my daughter. You're my son. And you are as I am. Uh, so you can step into a block and be hope for the block. You can step into a school and be hope. For the school you can step into a relationship and be hope for the relationship now watch this by the power of the Holy Ghost he is the one who who, who makes sure that you overflow you overflow not with complaining not with gossip that you overflow with hope and then in my favorite Jeremiah 29 11 he says this New King James Version, he says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. So God is so good, he doesn't just give you money. He says, I have to give you confidence, I need to give you an expectation of what you will become. Because if I give you an expectation of what you could become, you might think twice about killing somebody. If I give you an expectation of what you could become, that you could marry, my God, my God, that you could marry. Beauty that you might change how you regulate your life, but I got to start to instill in you hope. Mm-hmm. And I said all that <laughs> to set you up.
0: Go you ahead. Set me up. To you set, set me you set me up. up. You want to
1: move here or you you there? You find that. I think
0: I'm I'm okay here. Okay. If, yeah. So God is a God of hope. Yes. Right. And. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's all I have. <laughs> That's all I have. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> He's a God of hope. He's a God of hope. And, and this is the exciting part, right? We're created in the image of God. We yes. know this from Genesis, that he created us in his image and in his what? In, in his, his likeness. likeness. Amen. And so the exciting part about the day of hope is that when we step on the scene, wherever we go, we are there to bring change to the lives of the people that are there. But we don't know exactly how it's going to happen, but we know it's going to happen. And it's reciprocal. Because when we move in obedience, Mm -hmm. not only will the people who we went to serve be blessed, but we will in turn be blessed as well. I wanted to make sure that I... Now, I'm going to go slow. No, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and fine. I want you to really take notes because what you're going to find at home and the people who are, who are here in the room with us today is that as you begin to partner with these organizations for the Day of Hope, as you begin to be obedient to the voice of God that tells you that you're supposed to be a leader, what's going to happen is that it's going to command another level of responsibility, from you. Mm-hmm. This is what happens when we obey Matthew, which told us to go, right? As soon as you command the, 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 obey the command to go, you, you need more mm-hmm. because people are going to be pulling from you. You're going to be required to have a response. You're going to be required to have a prayer. You're going to be required to answer a question. You're going to be required to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost Amen. so that you know what to say and That's what good. not to say, how to move and how not to move. And I don't want you to be afraid if this is not something you've ever done before. What you need to know, and we're going to, we're going to show you in the scriptures, is that you are built for this.
1: That's right. That's right. That's you right. were
0: literally born and empowered to do what we're talking about doing. And so you don't need to be afraid. I also want us to think about the fact that we want to move with the understanding that not only is this the, the Great Commission, that we're being obedient to, right? Absolutely. But it's actually very much the mission of this body right here. And if you're listening, you're from another uh, church body, just go read your church's mission in addition to the Scripture. New Covenant's mission is to prayerfully and compassionately connect people. That's good, people.
1: that's good, that's
0: good. That's what we're doing that's on the good. Day of Hope. We're fulfilling Connecting the mission.
1: People. That's good, connect
0: Jean. people to who? To Jesus Christ and to one another. Because God in us is the hope of glory. Mm. So we not only are connecting them to Jesus, but we're connecting them to Jesus through how we relate to them. Because the scripture said in Romans that the same spirit, Mm. it's not a similar spirit. It's not something like the spirit. No. (laughs) Dead Jesus was raised by the spirit of the living God. And the scripture said the same spirit. That's why you can raise up from a dead place. Mm. That's why you made it through the pandemic. That's why a car that's unrecognizable my son walked out of two weeks ago. You understand? Because it's built in you to raise up from dead things. That's
1: good work. That's good work. So you
0: don't have to be worried about the day of hope, okay? prayerful and compassionate, connecting people to Jesus and to one another. Doing what? Teaching them to fulfill God's purpose for their lives. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's what we're going to do. So we're doing this in the context of a kingdom, right? Because your Bible, whether it's like my, my husband teases me and calls this my cheeseburger Bible, but this Bible has been with me since my youth, and I love this Bible. It's falling apart and everything. But I can There's barely find a the chapter tears. in another Bible. If I touch it, I can't find the chapters. Here, I turn right to it, right? <laughs> but the Bible, whether it's here or on your phone, it, this is our, it's our instructions, right? It is literally the, uh, when we think about this in terms of a kingdom concept, it is literally our constitution, because we're not just members of a church body. We are citizens of the kingdom of the living God.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: And when we think about, I'm looking here at the Antiguan flag where, we, where I did take my husband. When we think about the fact that we're part of a, of a, a nation mm-hmm. called heaven... Then it commands us, it, it requires course. us to behave in a certain way. Why? Because the definition of a kingdom is that it has the governing authority of a king where? Over a territory. Now, I want to make this very clear and simple. The territory is wherever you are, our territory is the earth. Psalm 115 says, The heavens, the heavens are mine, but the earth have I given to the children of men.
1: That's good teaching, Janine. Who
0: are the children of men? We are. So when we're complaining about something not happening in the earth, or but that's our fault. Mm. The heavens, he said, the heavens are mine. Now all of it is his. But he gave us authority in the earth. The governing cool. authority of a king, we the king of kings, who are the other kings? The lord of lords. Who are the lords? We're the that's landlords us. of the earth. It Impacting it with its will, his purpose, his intent, and producing a citizenry of people who do what? Reflect the king's culture and manifest his glory, his weight, his kabod in the earth. That's what you're doing when you sign up to be a project leader. Mm. That's what you're doing when you sign up to help a project leader. That's what you're doing when you say hi to your neighbor. Mm. That whole block, that whole area where you walk, where you stupid. run, where you talk, where you work, where you volunteer at your child's school, you have to go there, step into the place, understanding that you have kingdom authority. What you say there matters. You shift the atmosphere by what you say. You change things by how you pray. Amen. Mm. And that's just scripture. Scripture. And this is not; a, it doesn't have anything to do with titles. We saw the ordination today. That is biblical, but it is also biblical that we are all filled with the power of the living God, and that this is our assignment to go and make disciples, to teach all them nations. all nations in the name of Jesus. And so, we get there by understanding that this is our document. This is our. This is God's plan, and this is how we do it. Right. What we want to understand, I want you to write the scripture down, Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40. Matthew 22, verses 27 through 40, and I want to read this in our hearing.
1: Yep.
0: This is one of the, I'm going to give you four scriptures that are going to ground you and help you towards being totally Transplant. and completely Transformed in your mind and ready to bring change on this day of hope, okay? Matthew 22, 37 to 40. These are the two great commandments, okay? We're starting here. Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with thy, all thy mind. This is the first great commandment. So the first great commandment, love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Number two, he said, and the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor, Mm. right? Mm. What's the name of the book?
1: Invite your neighbor.
0: Invite your neighbor, change the world. (laughs) It's the name of the book that we're using, right? Invite your neighbor, change the world. The second is like unto the first, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the the prophets. So this is the first of the four foundational scriptures that we want to know, we want to memorize, we want to meditate on, we want to pray through them in these next coming weeks. The next one is Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. We know these scriptures, but we need to put them back in our hearing, in our meditation, right? Right? Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spake unto them saying, all power, how much power? All of it. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I had commanded. And listen, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Verse number 19, I'm sorry, verse number, yes. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because you have all power, you're going to teach as you serve. Now let's go to Acts 1.8. Remember, now Jesus book. was crucified. Yes, it's, it's my favorite book, as my husband is saying over here. It's, my, it's, one, it's one of my favorite books of the Bible, seriously, because it literally tells us how we're supposed to behave as the church. We've done so many things, haven't we? We've done so many things, <laughs> but it's right here what we're supposed to be doing. And that's why I love Acts. It's just right here. What you're supposed to be doing. It, it's like, what are we doing? It's right here.
1: It's like the it's right there. It's highlighted okay. too.
0: It's and it's all highlighted because this is my rainbow Bible. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are, Acts one, verse eight. But ye shall receive power.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you this is Jesus, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, listen, both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. That's why I love what I've heard bishops say for so many years. Where where are we going? We're reaching Philadelphia and what? And beyond the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, you have different spheres. You see here what Mm -hmm. Jesus is saying to them in verse number eight. He's saying, you're going to be a witness. So you're going to be witnesses. Everybody who's under the hearing of my voice, you're going to be witnesses at this Day of Hope and beyond. The Day of Hope is a day, but the day is just setting us up to remind us not only will other days of hope come, but how we should be behaving every day as kingdom citizens.
1: That's right. That's good. Okay, it's just helping
0: us to do what that has told us to do, to be a witness. I'm a witness. And so. He's saying in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the other parts, most parts of the earth. This is establishing, Jesus is establishing that there are different spheres of your life in which you are to have influence. That's good. My spheres are education and business in the Barlow household. Right. I'm clear about that. That's why I can say no without guilt when people are asking me to do every other thing under the sun. Not because they're not good things to do, not even because they're not things that I want to do, but we have to know what our spheres are and stay focused and work in your area. You know, the old folks used to say, it's too many cooks in the kitchen. Right? We help, we have to know what our purpose is and where we're to execute our giftings and our callings, so don't sign up on the get day of hope for something that you don't even like to do. Your light is not gonna so shine very well there. But if you love working with children, then sign up up for the cradles cradles, the crayons crayons. and let your light so shine. Why? Because as the scripture said, that when the men and women see your good works, they're going to glorify your father who's in heaven. And so when you look at, when you study in the coming days, Acts 1.8, you want to remember that you're going to receive power and you want to make sure you execute that power in your sphere of influence very strategically. Last but not least, this scripture. This is the fourth I said I would mention. Acts 2, 37 through 43. Powerful scripture. We know now that Jesus told them they were going to receive power. He told them to go wait in the upper room, right? They heard a sound as a mighty rushing wind as they were waiting. And what happened? They became filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And it was such a... A confusing experience to those who were observing because they began to hear their own language, even though they all were from many different nations. The only thing they could deduce was that they were drunk. So Peter had to come straighten out the situation. And he said, these are not drunk as you suppose, but this is that which was spoken. (laughs) Verse 16 is where I am by the prophet Joel. And he began to preach more to them and tell them that this was the spirit being poured out as they saw in Joel. And then in verse 37, he said, now when they heard this, Jesus, um, Peter continued to preach. He laid down everything. It's just perfect and clear and you got to read all the verses. But in verse 37, he said, now when they heard this, this Peter's preaching, they were pricked in their hearts. Amen. And they said to Peter, to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall
1: we do? How shall we act?
0: When you read all of the verses that precede this, and you must, you don't need to be afraid. Because God's spirit, he is a spirit. And he knows no time nor space. And so the same thing Peter said is all you need to say. (laughs) You'll say it in different ways at different times as you're working alongside people in the neighborhood or wherever you're serving, but I promise you that when you go prayerfully and when you study and meditate on these scriptures, when you show up at your place Mm. where you're supposed to be exercising your kingdom authority, somebody's going to cry out, what must I do to be saved? What do I need to do next? They're going to ask you, how can I get in contact with you? How can I get in contact with you? Where can I come worship with you? It's this simple. It's this simple. And now, and he said, repent, turn. That's what repent means, turn. Turn around, turn, change from your ways, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's a promise.
1: And the promise is, the the promise this is how we yeah, talk. Yeah, we we is, talk I'm like tag this, team. We're tag teams. Ah, jump in. So, so the promise is the hope. And the expectation is that what I'm saying is not only for you, mm-hmm. but for your household. God is always generational. Yes. He's saying, He's saying, when my spirit is moving on you as a witness. It also comes with a promise. He's saying so. When you are a witness of bringing hope, you bring almost like a, our, our son told us one time. He wanted for Christmas a bag of money. <laughs> so he said, so you you bring a bag of hope to wherever yeah, you no, are. Uh, Elder Haromi, if you're planting trees in Camden, you, as you're planting those trees, you are bringing the promise of the spirit that as people interact with you you're, you're, it's, it's almost you're, you're, you're bringing something to the environment to say, this promise is not only for you this blessing is not only for you but it's for your entire household and those that are far off. It's, it, I'll give you this one example. We were uh, having a celebration for our daughter, Grace, and um, we put on her hand a, a purity ring. We, we were having a, a dinner, and she invited her, her friends, mm-hmm. who were her neighbors. Yeah, and That's a good example. They came, and they, you know, they're not saved. They don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, and one by one. They said, I want somebody to give me a Bible. Dang, I wish somebody had put a purity ring on my hand. Can somebody speak some words over my life mm-hmm. uh, as, a, as a 16-year-old young lady? And sh- they were just invited to the party. And as they were invited to the party, guess what they did? They received the hope.
0: But here's the, th- here's the thing. When you invite people to the party, you have to still be who you are. Yes. You will never win somebody that you're impressed with or afraid of. Come on, say that of. again. Say that again. And so we ha- you will never win someone who you're impressed with or afraid of. That's right. You have to know that you know that mm. you know what you know. That's right. And you don't say show. anything different. You show what you know. Yep. My husband liked the rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> show. I know how to talk to <laughs> Show what you know. But you got to know what you know before you can show what you know. That's
1: right. That's right. right? That's right. There you go.
0: And so that's why when Matthew 5.14 says, and this is the anchor scripture for the day of hope, right? There it is. There it is. You are the light of the world. Jesus told him a couple of chapters back. He said, I am the light of the world, right? But now you are the light of the world also. Why? A city on a hill cannot be hidden. You You can't hide it. You
1: can't hide it.
0: We see you. We see you. That's I didn't right. want to be up here. This is not what I do. I don't talk. I can talk because I know that I need to be obedient to the call of God on my life. But Amen. I prefer not to. Omar talks for us. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> so for you sisters and brothers out there who this, you're like, oh my goodness, what are we being pulled into? What You feel it. I want to speak to you right now. That's you right. feel it in your heart. That's right. This is not about personality. No. This is not about comfort, friends. Mm
1: -mm.
0: I got to tell you, this is about obedience. Mm -hmm. Because when you're obedient, you will eat the fat of the land. That's right. Somebody, and this is what moves me past my wanting to be still and my personality of just wanting to be be a cat and be by myself and think and read. Because I don't want the blood, as the scripture says, of somebody else to be on my hands. You must go and speak. It might not be the way your brother or your sister or your spouse does it, but you gotta set some time aside to ask God, what do you want me to do? Mm. For whom and how? And then you have to say like the prophet said, here am I, God. Send Send me. Send me. When they see your light, they will glorify their Father Amen. who's in heaven. Amen. I have a story I'm going go to ahead, tell you no, from the scripture. It's John 9, 1, 8. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But this is where, um, do you remember the, the man who was blind from his birth? And the Pharisees were, they were rough, weren't they? They were like, what did you do wrong? And they're asking Jesus, what did he do wrong? What did his parents do wrong? And this man, listen to what Jesus said. Jesus answered them in verse 9, John 9, verse 3. He said, it was neither this man that sinned nor his parents, but it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Mm, mm. Listen, the man was blind from his birth. He, he was a grown wrong. man. All the neighbors, when you read the whole scripture, all the people around, they all knew him. They knew he was blind from his birth. For years, they knew this man was blind. And for years and years, can you imagine the pressure, the whispering, the, the what, what did they do wrong? I wonder what he did wrong. How yep. had they sinned? Jesus came and said, let me settle this.
1: Settle the issue for him.
0: It was neither this man that sinned nor his parents, but he has been blind from birth so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Some of us have been dealing with things for a long, long time or you're dealing with a situation now and you're saying, what did I do wrong? How have I sinned? Other people may be asking that of you, but some of these things have only come so that when you press through, when you meditate on the scriptures, when you go to the men and women of God and ask them to intercede for you, pray for you, let you down through the roof like the people (laughs) did in the scriptures, right? Because sometimes we need some help. When you do that, what happens is that they will see these works and they'll glorify That's the right. Father. This thing didn't always come upon you like Job. It yeah. didn't come mm-hmm. upon mm-hmm. Job because mm-hmm. he had done anything wrong, no. but so that the glory of God yeah. would come. That's Jesus right. said, we must work the works of him who sent me as long as it is day. Come on, come on. yeah, We are in a pandemic,
1: yeah.
0: a global pandemic, global. something that people have never seen before in the world. We got to work while it's day, don't you dare be afraid to sign up for the day of hope. Don't you dare be afraid to be a partner. Jesus said we must work the works of him who displayed, who sent me as long as it is day. Night is coming when no when man, no man can, work. can work. And let's be clear, the root word of worship is work. Mm. And so when you're serving out there, when you invite others to come, whether they know the Father or not, It's worship. It's worship. We have to remember that it's not only when we're lifting our hands and we must do that, but it's worship when we're in service. Jesus said in verse 5, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. But we just read in Matthew 5 where he said, who's the light of the world? You are the light of the world because we're in the world now. He Mm -hmm. left it and gave us the earth. That's why we laid that foundation. And when he said this, he sped on the ground and made clay of the spittle and applied the clay to his eyes and said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And that is translated to mean sent. That's why he told us, go and make disciples. So when he went away and washed and came back, he could see. Therefore, here it is, the Mm -hmm. neighbors. That's right. And those neighbors Mm. and those who previously saw him as a beggar, he's not a beggar anymore. We're saying, is not this the one who used to sit and beg?
1: They saw the transformation. As project leaders and yeah. teammates,
0: we'll invite people to acts of service via the Day of Hope, and they will literally be transformed. Some of the people said, no, that's not him. They didn't even recognize him anymore. This is the impact that you'll have when you, pr- when you participate in the Day of Hope.
1: Amen. 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 Powerful, powerful. Now let me give you guys some handles in terms of um, what will happen. I want to reiterate what Janine said um, about the Great Commission, which was extremely um, significant. That Great Commission where he's saying for us to go, I just want to remind you that our fulfillment and our satisfaction is locked up in going. In other words, there's some fulfillment and satisfaction that you will never experience unless you go. What's very interesting is that for something to be so important, the salvation of the lost, the, the healing of the brokenhearted, the reconciliation of humanity, Jesus literally entrusted us with that responsibility, and sometimes we think in our mind, well, that's for the pastors to do. That's for Bishop to do. That's for Pastor Bob. That's for the elders to do. Who, me? Jesus flatlined the leadership.
0: Yes.
1: He flatlined it. Now, when you look at who the disciples were, he said they were business people, they were unlearned, they were teenagers. So he flatlined everything. And he didn't want us to get stuck into thinking that this was only for the rabbis. Because he even told the Pharisees, he said, you are the ones that have shut them out of the kingdom of God. Mm. He said, you took away the key of knowledge. You took away Um, their access points, their entry points. And so Jesus is such a transformational figure that he flatlines the leadership and tells everyone who's his children to go into the world. Now, it's very significant when he uses that word world. And I want to make sure that you understand that word world Means cosmos. It's the same word we use for cosmetics. So what he's saying here is I want you to go, Elder Ardelia, into the very makeup of the world. Yeah. Uh, so your makeup are your classmates. Yeah. Your world, if you're a teacher, is your coworkers in that school. Your world. Your, or your neighbors who live on your block. He's not saying, and this is no not to people who do world missions, but he's saying, I want you to do something and carry my call, my commission to your world. And your world is made up of your family. You have unsaved family members. It's made up of coworkers it's made up of your classmates, it's made up of your neighbors, and he's saying, go into that world. But here's what we're doing. We're going to, we're, we're taking the, the next step, and the next step is we are charging individuals at our church to create a project because the scripture says, let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works and glorify your Father. So sometimes our neighbors will serve with us before they will worship with us. So oftentimes we, we see folks, are, they're constantly begging people, come to, church, come to church, come to church, come to church, come to church with me. But let me give you another strategy and this is what we're laying out. As you develop this project, whether it's to plant trees whether it's to do exercise with senior citizens, whether it's to do cleanup projects on your block, whatever that might be, to work at homeless shelters, whatever that might be. What we're saying is invite someone in your world. Ask God, ask God to put someone who's in your world on your heart and invite them to serve with you. You're not inviting them to church. But you're inviting them to plant trees with you. You're inviting them to say, hey, we're giving out water at Broad Neerie, we're handing out hope notes. We're, we're, we're giving out cards of gratitude to people. Invite them to serve with you. And as they serve with you, we can put a demand on what Jesus said in Matthew 5:16, that when they see your good works, they will start to glorify your father and then they will ask the next question. Alder Hiromi, I love what we did in Camden today. Can I contact you? Um, Sister Jelaine, I love the exercise project that we did today for the senior citizens home. Can I get in contact with you? Can you pray for me? Can you come to my home? I want you to meet uh, my, my nieces and nephews. In fact, they're gonna ask this. When can we do this again? So this is all about uh, convergence. You'll hear this term called convergence evangelism where you have uh, a new opportunity and you have a need where your church family is going to serve that need, your neighbors are going to serve that need, and marginalized communities are all converging on this new opportunity. And what we know, New Covenant, is that as we provide hope, somebody is going to ask about the hope that resides within you.
0: A word for the teenagers yes. and uh, young adults. This this is for you. This is for you. Yes. This is for you. Teenagers, young Tell adults, the please, is this is for you. And so a few examples, the scripture in, uh, in Acts, uh, comes to mind, I, I think it's 17, where it said they turned. They were known for turning mm. the world upside down. You got to realize that we may not teach it enough and you won't know it enough if you don't read your scriptures, but these were young people, (laughs) y'all. They were teenagers, young, young adults. And so I don't, I just want to put a word out to the youth who are listening. Get involved. Go to the website. And this is not long periods of time. We're talking an hour, two hours here. You will make such a difference. Our daughter did a project when she was in middle school. She's always been very concerned about the homeless. And so Gracie was the person who would make you go to the store, take the food back to the man or woman, and I admittedly have been that person too as a teenager. Sitting down, talking to them, what happened? Mm. What do you need? Grace said, you know, could I extend my sock drive that I did for the homeless to the Day of Hope? Now she did that a few years ago. She's 16 years old. She was maybe 13 or 14 when she did that. Now she wants to extend it to the Day of Hope. You can do that if you're a teenager out there. You can join one of the other projects that are there. Please don't be afraid as teenagers or young adults. We need your voice. Your voice is valued. You have the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead and you too. And we need your energy and your passion around this service. It will change your life as well as their
1: lives. Amen. Amen. So so what we're looking for is, as Janine said, we are looking for uh, project leaders, people who can uh, spearhead a project. We already have uh, Cynthia Etchua. She's going to be doing something for uh, women. She's one of the project leaders. We have uh, sister Diane Bell. She's going to be working with cradles to crayons. And people have already signed up. We have Jelaine Chisholm who's going to be doing a project at Covenant Manor Manor Senior Housing. We have Esther Baraj, she's gonna be volunteering with a group of her neighbors for small things. We have Reverend Mosley and he's working with a group of men and they are inviting their neighbors in their community to at the Bethesda Bainbridge house. And then last but not least, Thelma Anderson is working with Families Four. And so the part that we don't want you to miss, invite somebody from your world. I want to conclude with a point that I read an article from the New York Times. And it said, this is just this week, to combat gun violence, you should start with cleaning up the neighborhood. Now, let me give you this. It says, it's a story about the University of Pennsylvania, where the assistant professor of emergency medicine at the University of Penn and the director of the Urban Health Lab says this, the focus is on gun violence prevention. And what they found is that in large cities, a small number of streets account for an outsized number of violent crimes. So that means when they deduce this, they're saying, wait a minute, some of this is just happening on a small number of streets. And they said, because of structural racism, these communities suffer from decades of disinvestment and physical and economic decline. Homes with blown out windows, blocks with no trees, vacant lots, mattresses, tires dominate the landscape. But they conducted two large, randomized, controlled trials. In partnership with the Pennsylvania Horticultural Society, the team transformed rundown lots by planting trees, installing low wooden po- low Uh, wooden posts, rail fences around the perimeter, and performing regular maintenance and trash cleanup. And they said, and I quote, this study is so important, that what they found is that we found that after both the greening and the trash cleanup interventions, gun violence in these neighborhoods went down significantly. The steepest drop in crime, up to 29%, was in the several blocks surrounding the vacant lots in neighborhoods whose residents live below the poverty line. This signaled that communities with the highest need may benefit from the place-based investment. Essentially, they're saying this. Cleaning is a prophetic act. As folks started to clean up, it sent a signal that these streets are off limits. And so I'm saying, how much more to the believers? Yes. How much more to us who carry? the hope of the living God. How much more happens when we start planting trees, when we start working at the uh, Crayola Crayola factory, when we start doing exercise groups for senior citizens and so much more. How much more when we start to do it? The New York Times said, already a significant drop. And the scripture said,
0: because it's our earth. So let's go take it for Jesus.